one of the things about entrepreneurship, there is no reward without the risk. Every great entrepreneur had help. And where is that help going to come from? It's going to come from that social network. You don't have to be smarter than everybody else to make money doing asset allocation and save. I think there's a danger when you're in business to find arrogance, and especially if you're doing really well. At the end of the day, I ain't nothing special. I'm just a guy. What has value? Well, what has value is whatever people say has value. I'm going to get better and better and better at what I do as I get older. So the best me is going to be the me right before I die. Hey, family, welcome back to the Marketplace Podcast. I'm your illustrious and kind host, Priest Willis. And today in episode number 142, I'm joined with Pat Flynn. I'm excited to sit down with Pat. He's an amazing guy. He is the owner of Smart Passive Income, and I'm pretty sure many of you have heard of it. Pat lost his job in 2008 and was left scrambling around trying to figure out what he was going to do next. Pat turned to the internet business and published his first ebook explaining how to pass the lead exam. It's an exam for architects. He's all about passive revenue. He's been setting up passive revenue streams since then. In addition to the lead exam, he developed a security guard training website, courses for marketing a food truck business, podcasts and podcast teaching materials, something that I've learned directly from, and so many more things, including his latest book out, which comes out in August, called Superfans, which we discuss around building and cultivating a loyal fan base. And if there's someone you really want to key in on, it's Pat Flynn, who has been out speaking at speaking events and have built up an amazing following on YouTube and, of course, through his podcast and all the content that I just laid out. So I was so excited to talk to Pat because, again, in my very early stages of podcasting, Pat was one of the first guys that I learned from. If you listen to my very early podcast episodes, I literally didn't have a mic. I think I mentioned this in the interview and I'm screaming into a speaker and I'm like, this just isn't going to work. And Pat was the first guy that I started running into. So I'm excited to share what he has. Hopefully you guys are encouraged. So without further ado, here is my man, Pat Flynn. Hey, Pat, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on. You're you're somebody that I followed for years now. Um, you know, I've went back uh, to your early videos when you were just getting into, uh, you know, showing people how you start online businesses, and mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about your history and how you kind of evolved into online businesses. But you know, and there's so many layers to you, which is something that I really appreciate because I'm also a father of four. Uh, not that you're a father for, but I'm also a father and yeah, a I was husband. Like, Wait, do I have two kids? Yeah, you're like, Wait a minute, I <laughs> I owe child support somewhere. Um, <laughs> no, but but we're both fathers, we're both husbands, so there's so many layers to us, mm-hmm. and and I want to be able to share that story with some of the people out here. In addition to talking about some of the things that you're into today, so you know, first, tell us about how you got started in this passive income journey from when you left your architecture uh, career into this business? Sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't just leave. I got kicked out. I was, uh, you know, laid off. I try to say it nicely, but yeah. <laughs> Thank <okay>. you. Well, <laughs> it, it didn't feel nice at the time. That's for sure. It was June 
2008 and I had just gotten promoted. I had just got a raise and all my life was great. I was, I just proposed to my girlfriend and we were getting, we were going to get married. And then I go into my boss's office and he's basically like, Hey, you know what? Um, recession, you're out. And I was like, Oh man, like, what am I going to do? My parents were like, go back to school. And I was just like, no, like I, I feel, I felt like at that point I needed to do something where I could have some control. Cause even though I had dedicated my entire life to architecture and was doing so much additional work and, and doing everything I could to, to have a secure job, mm -hmm. uh, it, it obviously wasn't secure, uh, like I thought. So I got really interested in, well, what if I started my own online business? And it was actually a podcast. Uh, you're all listening to a podcast now and getting getting inspired by Priest and everything he's, he's pumping out. And I was inspired then by a podcast called Internet Business Mastery. And I had just come across this episode in that show where the hosts, Jeremy and Jason, were interviewing this guy who was teaching people how to pass the project management exam. And I was like, whoa, like he's making six figures helping people pass this exam. And I had taken a bunch of exams as an architect. So I was like, hmm, Maybe I can take this knowledge, put it into a website like like Cornelius did and build a business that way. And that's exactly what I did. I uh, had a website that was teaching people how to pass the lead exam, which uh, is a very boring, mm -hmm. uh, very difficult exam in the architecture space for green building and design. But to make a long story short, that business took off and it, it's really what helped me survive and, and, and even thrive. And I'm so thankful now looking back that I got laid off because I definitely wouldn't have tried those things uh, and built that website and, and, and took those bold actions if I didn't get laid off. So was it a white space that you seen or was it just a, a topic that you obviously were into, interested in, so you thought, I'll just deliver this and you didn't even look at the landscape of what was currently out there? I mean, I knew about the landscape because I, I myself was trying to, you know, when I was passing that exam myself, I was looking for information and there was hardly anything out there and anything that was out there was hundreds of dollars to get access to. And actually my website started to gain a lot of momentum because I was sharing a lot of things for free. And people were kind of just blown away that I was sharing all, all the things that I had learned. And of course, as a result of that, Google was also ranking my website very high for everybody else who was also searching for this information. So in October of 2008, that's when I launched an ebook study guide called the Lead AP Walkthrough. And I sold it for $19. And in that month alone, after just all the great news about my site and getting featured on, you know, United States Green Building Council chapter websites, like it just kind of blew up. That book made about $8,000 that month. It made $12,000 the next month. And it just kind of took off from there. And that's actually at the same time, I was just like so blown away by this new journey, that, that, that this new pivot in my life, that I started another website called smartpassiveincome.com, which is where most people know me from now. And the reason it's called Smart Passive Income is because I wanted to share everything I was learning about how I built this architecture-related business. But I also had built it in a way very much inspired by Tim Ferriss and his book, The 4-Hour Workweek which helps you understand how you can automate certain things. And I was largely using his uh, book as a reference guide for me as I was building my business to help me ensure that I could uh, have it serve my audience and have it make money without me having to always be there. Meaning a person can come to the website, they can buy the guide, it gets delivered to them via email. And I, I literally don't have to be there in that entire process. I can just work on you know, bringing more people to my website and that's it. Everything else kind of happens automatically. And I was literally waking up in the morning checking my sales from the night before because when you have an online store it's open 24 hours seven days a week 365 days a year and it would just continually make money and it just started a steamroll from there which was which was amazing and that's where the passive income part comes from and the reason it's it's called smart passive income is because there was a lot of people teaching this stuff mm -hmm. but 
very scammy sounding, very just snake oily. And I just wanted to go, you know what? Like, come here. This is a, this is the way to do it the smart way. It's not easy. It does not happen overnight. And I'm just going to share everything with you so you can have a smarter approach with it. And it's, you know, that website's kind of taken off since then. It's been about 10 years now. And now I'm, you know, I have this podcast called Smart Passive Income, which is, we just passed 60 million downloads, dude. Like wow. how- that's insane. Congratulations. That, that, wow. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. And I'm just here in my home office recording shows and, and that many times it's been played uh, a YouTube channel. I have uh, best selling books now and I speak around the world about this stuff and I encourage other people to whether it's a side thing or you want to escape from your nine to five or whatever, just to believe in yourself and to, to learn the strategies that I'm sharing kind of openly to help you fast forward through that process. And whether it's financial freedom, time freedom, whatever, I'm just I'm just here to serve and just continuing to pay it forward because I'm just so thankful for how I got to where I'm at. No, I, I love that about you, that you kind of, in your time of trouble, when you were laid off or let go, however you want to frame it, you kind of humbled yourself and said, you know, serving the attitude of gratitude is what will basically take me to a new altitude, which I really appreciated because for me, I've been in the affiliate space for 20 years. And you're right, along the way, you meet a lot of scammy people, people that sell courses that are aggregated from other areas with no real intention mm -hmm. to drive you anywhere. And I've always felt like your blog posts and your podcast interviews and the books that you put out is always from a place of you remembering where you were at when you were in need of hope, essentially. Totally. So I really appreciated that about you and how you've delivered Thank that you. to people. It, it's really, obviously the proof is in the pudding and your numbers, right? Yeah, the numbers are insane and it continues to grow. And I think my biggest barometer, you know, everybody who has a business checks their stats like every day mm -hmm. from podcast to email subscribers and those things are growing. But the thing that means the most to me are the growing number of thank you letters I get. That's my barometer for success, not just because it means I'm, I'm actually helping people and, and potentially able to make money through courses or affiliate marketing, but it actually allows me to remember that I'm here to help people. Mm. And the more that I serve, the more I get paid back in return. I always say that your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. And these thank you notes that come in, I mean, dozens a week now, handwritten, which is kind of like people still handwrite notes. That's kind of crazy. Like it just means, wow, like I've actually affected a person's life so much that they would take the time to handwrite me a thank you note. And when I'm just not feeling it one day, or I'm just kind of struggling through something I'm working on, I just look back at, uh, behind me here in my desk and I see this wall of thank you notes. I'm just like, I got to keep going because there's more people out there that need this stuff. And hopefully I'll get more thank you notes in the future. That's amazing. So look, you know, one of the things that I realized that people struggle with, and it doesn't have to be even an online business affiliate marketing, but they're afraid to get out in front of their business. And I know you started doing back in 2009, you were doing screen flows because you had a fear, if you will, I believe these are your words, where you didn't want to necessarily get in front of the camera and you eventually got over that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about inspiration. How can we inspire others who have a gift? It may not be like mine or yours, but they, they have a gift in a certain area. How can they get out in front of their gift, if you will, if that makes sense, and kind of present what they have to the world? What would be your tips behind that? Yeah, I mean, let's first talk about why we aren't sharing our gift with the world and what's stopping us. And usually it's just that fear. Mm -hmm. and, and where that fear comes from is usually it's a self-defense mechanism for not wanting to get hurt or not wanting to get put down because we've been put down in our lives before and we those aren't good feelings. So we do whatever we can, even subconsciously, to stop ourselves from getting in a position where we could get hurt again, mm -hmm. right? But what I want people to think about 
if you're listening to this and you know you have something amazing to share and you know you're holding yourself back a little bit, you're not taking those bold actions that you know that are gonna help you get in front of more people and help serve more people. Like when you really think about what's happening here, it's like, are you gonna really let your fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of whatever the fear is, that resistance, are you really gonna let that get in the way of you actually helping people? Like if you had a person who was drowning and literally that's a, that's a great analogy for some people in their lives with things that we can help. Mm -hmm. They're drowning and you're right there and your arm is right there and you can reach out to them. It just takes you a little bit of leaning over in that boat. And yes, that boat, you know, might move back and forth a little bit, but you can help them. Are you going to go, nah, I'm afraid of falling in the water. I'm not going to help you. No. Like if it was a real life situation where you needed to help somebody, you would do whatever you can to save that person. That's right. But online, it's hard because we don't, you know, we're not in that real life scenario, quote, real life. It is real life, but we don't see it. We don't feel it that way. So there are people out there who are struggling, who are drowning, and you can save them. Are you going to really go, mm, you know, I'm, the water's kind of cold. <laughs> I don't want to get in and help people. Like that's kind of ridiculous when you think about it that way, right? So that, that's the first thing. And the second thing is that, you know, a lot of people are afraid because, oh, there's people out there who have already done that. They're, you know, I'd be wasting my time. First of all, you're wasting your time not taking action, number mm. one. But there are also strategies, and I talk about this in my book, Will It Fly, which was published in 2016. You can test and validate ideas. You can put your toe in the water first to see if that's a, that's a place that you want to get in and then make sure that's where you want to go before you dive full on into it. But the other part about this is it's just, to me, it's about having real life conversations. That's where you can actually see the real struggles so that you can actually help a person. So the biggest piece of advice I have for anybody getting started is talk to people. Talk to people about what they need help with. Not talk to people about what you wanna do because how do you even know what you wanna do yet? What you wanna know is who it is that you wanna help and what are they struggling with. Listen to them, empathize with them, learn their language so that as soon as you come up with ideas or you find resources, you, you create products, you can coach them, whatever it is, you don't know what the solution is until you talk to those people. That's the number one strategy that you can have in order to know where to go and know that you're not wasting your time because you've seen it, you've heard it, you've felt it in real life and you can then help that person. And that's where business success comes mm. from. Helping people, everything that is a business is a solution to a person's problem. This chair that I'm sitting on exists because I don't wanna stand the whole time, right? You can create whatever support or solution that is there for your target market. The problem is when people start from, hmm, what do I wanna do that you're already losing, right? You need to go, well, who do I wanna help? And then base your business off of that. Hey guys, many of you know that I've started my own business in many different ways. I've started several different side hustles and frankly, there's no real way to duplicate myself other than outsourcing my business. And along the way, I found trials and tribulations of meeting different people using different platforms like Upwork, Fiverr, all these different systems that entrepreneurs and other people like myself tend to use. And I wrote a book about it. It's called The Beginner's Guide to Outsourcing Your Business. Find, hire, and build your team virtually today. As an entrepreneur, you cannot handle every business process yourself. In business, results matter and your goal to produce the best results matter. How do you do this? You need a team. Read this virtual outsourcing book. It's on Amazon. Click the link in today's show notes. It's only $2.99. So click the link in the book description 
Let me know that you ordered it today. Love to hear your feedback about it. And if you're looking to build out your team and expand your brand, outsourcing is the answer. Pick up the book, The Beginner's Guide to Outsourcing Your Business today. Now back to the show. I love it. I love the the compassion that you have for people because you do talk a lot about fear in business and essentially just doing it afraid. And when I say that, I don't mean that people go out shivering, but you you and I talked about, you know, speaking and still having the jitters about speaking. And I've I've spoken in front of large audiences, you've spoken in front of larger audiences, and there's there's always something that creeps up and has this kind of self-judging or you think about what the haters might say online, what the on the podcast episode you put out, I've listened to where I'm like, dang it, no matter how many times I've edited that or listened to that, I could have asked this or done this differently. But sometimes just mm-hmm. doing it afraid. Um, will get you over that hill, if you will, to the next level. Totally. And you know where that fear comes from also? It, it becomes because you mm. care. Like being nervous before you get on stage, being nervous before you put a video out there, that's a yeah. good thing because it's going to ensure that you will actually take the time to deliver value. And that's what's the most important is that you're delivering value. You're helping a person with solving some problem on a micro or macro level. And that's where, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like on camera as long as you're helping people like that's that's what people really care about and yes there are going to be haters out there there's going to be trolls they mm-hmm. exist but you know i i remember when i got my first trolls and haters people were like that's a good thing like it's great that you got because it means you're standing for something and i i didn't understand what they meant it just mm-hmm. i was hurt i'm not saying don't be hurt about that because it's gonna hurt but then you think about okay am i gonna waste my time spending all this time thinking about all these these haters and trolls who a, would likely never listen to me anyway, B, never buy my products, and C, aren't even going to help themselves, or am I going to focus on all these people who need me? And for a while, I was getting so upset by hateful comments that I was not working or doing anything at all because I was just like, I can't handle this, I can't do this. But during that time, I was actually letting people down who mm. needed me. And for them, and that's what uh, gave me the courage to keep going through a lot of those hateful moments. And again, those those will come because... The truth is you need to stand for something in order to stand out. Yes, I like that. However, when you stand for something, you're going to upset some people who don't agree with you, mm. right? So in order to grow, you need to upset some people in, in some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying like that's how you create a business. You look for people to, to, <laughs> right. to upset. But through the care and the standing that you do for whatever it is that you believe in, you're going to have people who completely love you for that and they're going to follow you to the grave for that they're going to be your super fans but on the other side you're going to have like those anti-fans who are like no that's not how it should be and that's good because most people who go into business they're like oh i want to please everybody i'm going to take the middle ground and i'm going to make sure that nobody gets upset with me and what happens when you do that you create mediocre content you you people aren't sure what you exactly stand for because here you said this but then here you said that and so that's when you get into trouble because that's that's just trying to play average or play the middle ground. And you can't build a following if, if you're just trying to be, you know, everybody's friend. That's good. That's good. And, I, you know, I realized through absorbing a ton of your content that what's really important to you is your family. Right. And um, the time you spend with them. And, and so the, the question that I want to lead in here, both as a man and in business in general, uh, what does legacy mean to you? I mean, to me, legacy is when my kids are 50 years old and they are parents themselves, 
and they go and and so I have two kids, a, a son and a daughter, nine and six. When they go to a cafe together to reflect on life, and you know, I, I will have been gone by then most likely, or or maybe not. I don't know. I, I can't do math right now. But you know, they're much older mm-hmm. and they're reflecting. What are they saying about the choices that I'm making right now? Are they going to reflect back and go, man, daddy had everything, but then he screwed up. He got so sort of jaded by the fame and the money. And I just, wow, I just, it's, it's sad, isn't it? Like that would kill me to be there and listen to that or be a spirit and listen to that, whatever. Uh, and just, wow, I don't want them to say, it. I want them, legacy to me is them going, wow, we need to continue what our dad started and body that in our kids and people that we're helping. So we need to find how we can help more people because that's how you make the world yes. a better place for everybody. That, that's legacy to me. How have I been an agent of change in the way that people can think so that the world becomes a better place? And different people have different ways of doing that. So not only is the conversation just the, the one that my kids are having in my brain, but the ones that other families, anybody who comes across my brand has in the future with other people around them. That, that's really important to me. My kids, family, that, that's everything to me. I, I involve them in the business as much as they want to be involved. I don't, I don't ever say, hey, no, I'm recording a show. Don't come in here. I say, come on in, listen in. Like, let me show you how this works. Because to me, work was something when I was a kid that took my mm-hmm. parents away from me. I want work to be something that brings us together. And now my son's getting really interested. He's up on a, a YouTube channel and he's getting fired up. He's building businesses himself, actually, uh, which is kind of cool. And to me, legacy long-term also isn't just about entrepreneurship for smart passive income. Uh, my 10-year plan is to be an agent of change in the world of education. And my personal goal would be to have entrepreneurship be a subject in school like reading science and math. Absolutely. It would be another subject that, that would be required because whether you become an entrepreneur or not, those skills that you can learn as you are understanding entrepreneurship can take you as far as you want to go. Like getting over the fear of failure, presenting in front of people, having conversations, networking, communication, starting something new, creative problem solving. Like those are real life things. And I think entrepreneurs are going to be the backbone of our future. Um, and I think that starts with the kids. So that's my ultimate legacy. No, goal. that's that's really amazing. And, and it, it speaks to your business, right? Because you meet so many people out there that are successful, at least in the public eye, but there's no real foundation. And this isn't to necessarily judge anyone. It's just to let you know that if we don't really know who we're doing this for or why we're doing it other than just money, and when we hear smart passive income, we just hear the income part, but we never hear the smart part. Mm-hmm. We start to lose touch with our purpose. And that's when haters can start veering you off your path. And so I've always been conscious of that as well, that you know, my family is my most important thing, no matter what endeavor I'm involved in. And I think it's kept me pretty grounded. And I think that's also, it speaks to the people outside may have one opinion of you, but it'd be interesting if they asked your direct people who deal with you daily, what do they think about you? And that's the real testimony there. Not necessarily a YouTube comment, but the person that actually wakes up with you every day and still can turn around and say, Pat, my husband is the most inspiring man that I know. And that's after years of laying down with you at night, waking up in the morning, raising kids, running around, seeing each other in the best times, the worst times, getting laid off. Love that, man. Um, that's what legacy means to me. I, I, I'm like you. I want my kids and my wife to turn around and say, no, mm-hmm. that man to me is inspiring. That, that <laughs> to me 
is the biggest <laughs> thank you card you can you can get. So look, I, you know, I talked about the layers of Pat Flynn. So let's get into that a little bit. So we talked about how much rich content you deliver both by podcasts. You, your YouTubes were, when I was just getting into podcasting, the first YouTubes that videos that I went to, to learn how different feeds are set up and what microphone can I get? Should I get the ATR 2100? I mean, I literally learned all that from your videos to start with. Yeah. And you've been doing it for a very long time. So talk to us about these different vehicles. First of all, let's start with the podcast and then let's talk about the books. And you brought up Will It Fly and then you have another one, Let It Go, and then Super Fans, which I want to get into. But let's talk about why these vehicles are important to you and, and where you saw the opportunities in that. For podcasting, for example, how did you know, how did you see this on the horizon that this would be such a large a communication vehicle that's still building, in fact. Yeah, well, I mean, going back to my origin story, it was the podcast that I listened to on Internet Business Mastery that changed my life. Mm. And so I knew that I always wanted to start a podcast. And the funny thing was I started a, a blog, Smart Passive Income, in 2008. And it was December 2008. I bought all this equipment and I actually recorded an audio file. Uh, it wasn't a podcast yet, but it was basically announcing, hey, guys, a podcast is coming. It's on its way. So get ready. That was December of 2008. My first episode didn't come out until July of 2010, a year and a half later. So you want to talk about like <laughs> experiencing fear. I mean, there was a whole year and a half of fear. What are people going to say? What are they going to say about my voice? Are they even going to listen to me? What, like, Was that really the reason why you held off was because you, you were debating and vacillating back and forth on what was going to be said? That and I just struggled with how do I even do this? Uh, this is a little bit more complicated than setting up a blog and, and writing a blog post. There's, yep. there's RSS feeds and all this crazy tech stuff, which luckily nowadays it's so much easier than it was back then. I had to sort of hack my way through that. And I, I got some help along the way, which is really key as well. But I was only podcasting once every other week and I was blogging three times a week. So not very much podcasting. It was taking a little bit of extra time and I was doing everything myself. But I remember going to a conference and meeting some people there who had been following me. And 99% of them were like, I love that show you did this. I love the podcast, podcast, podcast this, podcast that. I love your show, that story you told here. And I was like, all right, that's great. But what about my blog? I'm blogging like you know, way more than podcasting. Like, what about that? Oh, yeah, that's fine. But no, your podcast is great. And I was just like, wow, hmm. Okay, this podcast thing is really resonating with people. And I, you know, I started to think about it a little bit more. It's they get to hear the voice, they get to hear the stories, they get to hear the intonation. We're building a real relationship. Like you are literally, most of you are likely like we're in your ears right now, like physically in your ear, <laughs> which is kind of crazy versus a blog post you're just reading and there's all these distractions. But on a podcast, I mean, your phone is in your pocket and you're running, you're at the gym, you are on a walk, on a commute, wherever, and there's no distractions other than just our voice and, and your ears. And that's so powerful. And, and, and that's when I started to double down, triple down. 2014, I started my second podcast called Ask Pat, which is like a coaching call with some of my uh, people who are looking for help. Um, and now I have five total podcasts. I've recorded over 1,300 episodes, uh, 60 million downloads just on Smart Passive Income alone, wow. approaching 10 million on Ask Pat. And I'm all in on it, man. I believe everybody should have a podcast. It's the best way that I've been able to grow my brand and, and build these amazing relationships, but also really cool partnerships with the people who I've been able to interview. Like just you and I now, Priest, like we're now, we've, we've talked for 25 minutes. We're developing this relationship. And now like if we see each other in the future or at a conference or whatever, like we have something to- We're brothers. 
Yeah. We're brothers, to- right? Totally. Like we have, you know, and that that's how I've become friends with Gary Vaynerchuk and Tim Ferriss and other big names who've been on my show. The podcast, man, it's so beautiful. Like I know some people and, and some of my students, they even start podcasts just for the relationship building part. Like they don't care if anybody listens. Mm-hmm. It's just an asset you can use to have a conversation with people. And it's, that's so key. So I'm, I'm all in on podcasting. And I do have a YouTube channel. I do have a blog. Uh, I do speak on stage and, and books are becoming uh, very important to me as well because there's nothing like, you know, reading a book as, as well as a very intimate experience, just like a podcast, uh, which is where Superfans uh, comes into play later this year. So what what's the biggest lesson that you learned from episode one to today? That you got to be a disaster before you become the master. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like that. You know, those first, I can't listen. To, they're so cringy to me. <laughs> oh my God. But still, people go back and they listen to episode one and they get value and they become super fans over time and they go into my archive and you, you got to get started. That's that's the biggest. You got to get started. And that that's what got me on stage. Like, just do it. It's going to suck. But you got to get through that that terrible stuff to get to the good stuff. And um, that that's what I teach people. Yeah. So let, let's talk about you being an author. So your latest book, Superfans, uh, which talks about bringing your loyal fan base and learning kind of how to massage that relationship with your loyal fan base. And I purchased, I'll make sure to have a link up on the website uh, to your site, but I, I pre-ordered it off of Target, um, which is where I found it at. Thanks, man. Let's, let's talk about the book a little bit. So why was this important? Because you're almost, you're almost taking what people call followers, which I, I think has a connotation that they're almost like minions. And you're saying, no, these are super fans. They have a, a lane of their own to me, if you will. Let's talk about this this latest book that you have out. Tell us a little bit about what made you write it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so super fans, I mean, it's so important to me that, uh, and this is from my own personal experience building businesses, and this is what I teach others to do. When you build for super fans, you are creating the experiences and moments for your people as soon as they come across you. So they can sort of migrate from followers, which is kind of just like, you know, minions, like you said, to subscribers, to customers. But even beyond that, super fans, the people who will, without you even asking, be your ambassador, preach for you. They're going to they're gonna share your brand because it's a part of their life now. They're going to defend you from all the trolls out there and before you even know they exist. They're going to buy every product, read every single article, listen to every podcast, watch every video without even you needing to tell them to do it. Like if you're a musician, they're going to drive 10 hours just to see you because they want to get your autograph and selfie. Like these are the people that you should build for. Now, not everybody who comes across your brand will become a super fan. Actually, it's the, the smallest part of your brand, but it's the most powerful. When you think of where most of the engagement is in your audience, it's at the top where it's your fans and your super fans versus where we spend most of our time when building businesses, which is Let's do SEO, search engine optimization. Let's get more people into the brand. Let's do ads. Let's build the pyramid from the bottom, which is, yeah, it's important to do that. But most people forget about, okay, once you get people in your ecosystem, then what? Right. And when you build for super fans, those super fans will build your business for you. I remember my first fan, which is really crazy. Like this was back in the architecture days with my website. I was helping people pass an exam. And I got this email one day from a a woman named Jackie. And she said, Pat, I, I finally passed the test thanks to you. It took me over a year to study. And then I found your stuff and I passed in three weeks. Like, I am a fan of yours now. And I was like, you're a fan of <laughs> I just helped you pass an exam. Like, I don't understand how you could be a fan of somebody for something like that. But then the crazy part was in the upcoming weeks, I saw that I started to get customers that were sharing the same email address as her, meaning it was her company. 
And when I asked her, I was like, hey, I saw a number of people who, who purchased from your company. What's going on? She's like, yeah, I shared your product with my entire office and the boss. I just mm. convinced him to buy it for everybody. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is incredible. Like one person was able to bring right. 30 new customers in. And now everybody's in the program. And I just made an additional like $6,000 thanks to you. And so I was like, wow, if I can create more people like Jackie, like that's one single person. And this is really the how-to guide for Kevin Kelly's A Thousand True Fans. A Thousand True Fans is an article that was written that is very great. It was very inspirational to me when I started. And it basically means like if you had a thousand true fans or super fans like I talk about, imagine each of them love you so much that they're paying you $100 a year for just your craft, your art, your whatever access to you. $100 a year. That's less than $10 a month. There you go. That's a six-figure business. A thousand times $100 a year. That's already a six-figure business. And so what this means is you don't have to create a blockbuster hit, right? You don't need a bazillion views or just that viral video to, to go viral before you can become successful. You can have just a thousand true fans who love you and you will be fine. You will do great. And the crazy part about this is when you break that down, that's less than a fan a day for less than three years. It's really interesting when you break it down like that. And it's funny because I remember... I think I was on Ask Pat and we brought this up and you presented this to me or you said this and maybe I thought we were talking, see what podcasting will do for you. I thought it was you and I having the conversation. Maybe you were telling someone else, but somebody brought up how small their email list was. I think they said, hey, I have an email list of 2,000, 3,000. And you were like, okay, mm -hmm. put this in perspective. Imagine two to 3,000 people sitting in a conference room. When you see it that way, it kind of blows your mind totally. how much we tend to discount the audience we already have and how they are just waiting for you to release new content because they trust you and you've now solidified your stance with them that you're not scammy and all that stuff. I mean, it's really interesting how you kind of chip away at that to really make it digestible for people like myself and others. Thank you. And, and, and Superfans is the how-to guide from the start. From the moment people find you, how can you activate them to get interested in what you have to offer and then and then bring them into the community. The community part's fun because that's when people start to feel like they belong to something. Like, oh, these are my people, right? Like when people say that, that's great. And when you are the sort of facilitator of that group of people who go, oh yeah, this is my kind of crowd, then that will help you elevate super fans. And there's, I mean, the whole book is just tactics and strategies for how to do that, that any business can use, whether you're a solo YouTuber, makeup artist to a Fortune 500 company. Like a lot of those bigger companies too should be focusing on the individual fans because they're kind of losing touch with people now. Um, and in this day and age, with all the noise out there, all the competition, it, it's when you build super fans that you're gonna follow that team no matter what happens. Like you need to give something yep. people to work for uh, and root for. So that's what Superfans does. I'm really excited about it. It's how I run my businesses and, and the kind of moments I wanna create. And hopefully this book uh, will help develop more super fans for me and, and also super fans for yourself. Yeah, we'll get it linked up on the podcast page. It'll be available mid-August, right? August 13th is the release date? The launch date, yes. And if you actually uh, get your pre-order and you go to yoursuperfans.com, you could submit your receipt there. And if you order it before August 13th, you'll also get the audiobook for free. Sweet. Guys, I know I'm in. You guys got to get this book, Superfans, build a loyal fan base so you can future-proof your brand. Boom. So let me ask this final question before I let you go, Pat. How do you manage to, you know, manage your work-life balance there? How do you, you got so many things going on between the podcast, writing the multiple books that you have, YouTube videos, so much other stuff. How do you balance all that? 
Yeah, I mean, people see my sort of environment of things that I do and, and I'm involved with and they go, wow, like that's so much. I, like, I don't know how you do it. And the, the truth is I did it one at a time. Mm. Like in 2008, I started the blog, mastered that and, and understood the system and how to do that. And I was able to get more time back to then put into YouTube. And then I did, did that. I didn't take YouTube as seriously as I do now back then. I wish I did because that's, that's definitely a, a great opportunity for people too. But I was a little shy. Um, but the podcast mastered that and, and I did that um, and then got some time back after uh, hiring people to help me with that and also just understanding the system so that then I could start writing books and each book was written one at a time and it's, it's, it's a one at a time game. And now 10 years into this, people go and they see, wow, there's so much stuff and it's, yeah, it's because I've been very diligent at starting things and completing them. And that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, how many people start things and never complete? And a lot of things I've completed haven't worked. But what you do see are the things that did, and I'm just excited to continue that. Everything from this new book, Superfans, to uh, my own event this year, FlintCon, is happening in San Diego for the first time uh, this end of July. And then also an invention that I created. And the cool thing about this is I also have this unique ability to, an opportunity to, as I create new things, share every bit of the process along the way. Because for my audience, it mm -hmm. becomes just a lesson in winning and a lesson in failure, for sure, because I've definitely failed along the way, too, plenty of times. And really, it's just about prioritization. And then work-life balance, to me, it's not about trying to have perfect balance. There's no such thing. If you think of a scale being balanced on both sides, perfectly equal weight on both sides, that's the only way it could be perfectly balanced. And if you try to build a life with perfectly equal weight on both sides, you're going to lose because that's just one frame of the entire mm. sort of spectrum, right? What I recommend and how I live my life is it is making sure I'm not too far weighted on one side or the other. There's always a balancing effort and I try to not sway too far to one side or the other. So that means like after FlynnCon, for example, which is going to be a huge sort of weight on the business side of things and a lot of effort and time into that. On the other side of that, like literally on the other side of that is a family vacation. So I can decompress and I can go back to, to sort of a little bit more uh, normalcy in the scale uh, sense of things. So that that's that's how I how I structure things. That's amazing. Such rich information, Pat. You're you're a gem, man. Feel free to share. Uh, you know how can people uh, participate in FlynnCon? How can they get in touch or absorb your content? Feel free to to share that if you like. Thank you, man. I and again, thank you for having me on the show. Thanks to everybody for your time and attention today. I appreciate you. So, uh, if you pre-order the book, yoursuperfans.com is where to go to uh, redeem your. Uh, audiobook, which will be delivered to you after the, the launch. Smartpassiveincome.com is where you can find all my stuff. Uh, and then finally, FlynnCon, if you're interested in, in coming together with me and my family will be there and so many other members of Team Flynn, the event uh, still has a few tickets left at this point, but maybe not by the time you check it out, but you can if you'd like. Uh, FlynnCon1.com, F-L-Y-N-N-C-O-N-1.com. And it'll be a lot of fun. A lot of big surprises happening there too. Cool. You're, you're rich with info, Pat. I really appreciate you, man. I can't thank you enough for being gracious with your time. Thank you today. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Did you guys get something out of that? I hope so. I got a lot out of it. I'm, you know, again, sometimes they say you don't want to meet the people that have mentored you, even online, um, because you may not like them. But I can tell that Pat is a genuine guy. He just wants to share what he's learning. And it's obvious, right? I mean, his footprint is out online where you could see that he's just kind of giving people the tools and not meant to necessarily do what he's doing, but just trying to give you the inspiration to get started in something. 
to find that lane where you'll get your gain. So I was I was thoroughly excited to have the conversation with Pat. It was a good discussion around building super fans. It's something that I'm looking at now, trying to build and cultivate my relationship with you all, the listeners. Speaking of which, hopefully you guys can leave some feedback. Go out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave feedback for the Marketplace podcast. And if you want to reach out to me directly and tell me what you think of it, please do. I'm out on Twitter at Priest Willis. Feel free to email me at priest at insidethemarketplace.com and I'll be sure to hit you back. So until next Sunday, when we have another amazing guest, I look forward to talking to you then. I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious.